Hi guys, my name is Olufemi Anthony and I've got my friend here, Shegun. Yeah, hello everybody. Welcome to our podcast, the first episode. Yeah, this is the first episode. Um, uh, this is a podcast we call The More You Look Podcast. You know how it is. In the world we live today, the more you look into things, the less you get to see. And uh, on our very first podcast, I would like to discuss something that is very, very important to me. It's, um, it's a very serious issue and uh, it's about mental health. Basically, mental health in regards to men, men's mental health. I just feel that it's not something, it's something that it's not discussed enough in, in the society. Um, I feel that um, men's health generally is not something that we get to hear. There's not enough information out there. And I would like for us to just discuss this today as just men, regular men, you know. Um, I would like to start off with uh, just a basic fact that I saw on the NHS.gov, which says that in the UK, men are three times likely to die by taking their own lives as compared to women. That is outrageous, man. That's I'm telling you, and um, the truth is, even I, I never knew that. I had to do a bit of research to actually get that information. And um, in the Republic of Ireland, it's actually four times, men are four times likely to commit suicide than women. And do we happen to have any statistics for Africa? Nigeria. I'll tell you what. All I can say is, with, with, with Africa, in the past two years, there are more and more, you know, news on blogs, on 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 websites, and you know, basically about men committing suicide. And, and I just think other drastic things just because they're mental health. Yeah. No. Not in the right. You know what? If we want to say that men's mental health is not discussed enough. In first world countries like the UK, America, in Africa, it's not even discussed at all. It doesn't exist. It doesn't. And um, I just feel that we should sort of talk about the basics, uh, what what causes mental health issues in men. Because one thing I know is, growing up in Africa, in Nigeria to be specific, when you hear that word mental health illness, the one thing that comes to mind is yaba left. When you hear anything regarding mental health illness, the only thing people think about is, oh, he's mentally ill. He's definitely, you know, all those severely ill people that you find on the streets, naked, eating from the gutter, you know. But people don't understand that mental health is something that the average person deals with. At least one in 10 people we struggle mentally about something so that's important. Quickly, um, can I can so that we can break it down to people? What are the day-to-day um, mental health one can be um, facing, you know, and wouldn't even know that they are actually going through a mental health issue? Then, yeah. Um, to be honest, um. The way I see it, from my own perspective, as somebody who has struggled severely with depression and mental health in the past, and actually, you know, I feel that society as a whole 
does not leave much space for men to actually seek help. Yeah. To, most people don't even know that they're, they're dealing with mental health illness, you know, that they're dealing with depression. And, you know, in African society and within the black community, I just feel that we were raised, we, we, we were raised... We were trained. Yeah, we were raised to understand that men shouldn't show emotion, you know, men shouldn't cry, men cannot discuss their problems, yeah. you know, you hear sayings that, you know, you, your, your life would literally be falling apart and you see people who actually are meant to care about you will tell you things that, you know, you need to man up. Yeah, even our parents, they yeah. feel guilty of that. You need so to man It's the way they were trained too, but... Mm-hmm. You know, it's gotten to that state that something has to be given, you know, something has to change, you know. We, we, we need to shed more light on this. You know, imagine, imagine losing a competition and you're trying to like express your sadness about it and you're trying to cry and your dad is like, Are you a, are you a, yeah, are you a woman? You are a man for God's sake, pick yourself up. Pick yourself up. Why are you crying? Are you female? You know, and um, yeah, um, basically we're, we're, we're raised as men in the African and black community generally to not even understand what emotional intelligence is. And I'll be honest with you, it took me almost 40 years of my life to finally come to that point where I began to understand that I was emotionally unintelligent. I don't know if, 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 if that's something that... that Where yeah. exactly does emotional intelligence? Yeah. Emotional intelligence, in, in my own, from my own perspective, is when you're going through certain things, but as a man, you do not understand how to express those emotions. You do not understand how to reach out, how to speak about them, how to deal with trauma, how to discuss trauma and also relate with people in your circle, in your world, based on the emotions you're going through. And that's when you find when your wife or, or your partner finds you quiet and she's trying to actually find out what's going on with you. And you're like, no, it's nothing. It's, it's nothing. It's fine. I'm, I'm totally fine. Because obviously the way you've been brought up, you see that as a sign of you losing your manliness. Yeah. You know? You see that you see that as you being vulnerable. Like if you share, then you're vulnerable. I yeah, mean, no, it I goes mean, it goes back to the upbringing. It goes it goes back to our upbringing. It goes back to society telling you that you know whether you're white or black, you're a man. Yeah. Men shouldn't complain. Men shouldn't sort of of discuss their feelings. You tough it up. You know what I mean? Toughen up. You're a man. You know, and I think this pressure that you know society puts on us as men to be providers you know sometimes you think oh I don't want to let my family down I don't want to let people down around me so I have to work extra hard even when your world is literally in pieces you're like you know I have to man up they can't see me weak we use that word weak to describe and it it goes as far as even when you lose relatives, you know. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Don't let me go that. I know that's a bit emotional, but um, yeah, we're talking about emotions, so oh, yeah. there's no better time to talk about it. You know, Femi, <laughs> I have to say, like, I've been in a position where I've lost a brother, I've lost a sister, you know, in my life, and um, 
I could remember family, friends and all that that were supposed to console us and you know, they just wouldn't have it for me crying and displaying my because sadness to be a man. in public, you know, and which brings me, we should ask our listeners, you know, we know this is the maiden edition, but if you listen to this, how many of you have actually seen your parents cry? Your dad? Your dad, yeah. Your dad. Your dad or your uncle, if you, if you are brought by your uncle, so. Have you ever seen your uncle cry before? Have you ever seen your dad cry before? I have never seen my dad cry before. And I lost a brother and I lost a sister. So I've never seen my dad cry before. So for me to cry is really, really difficult, you know. I mean, and there's this saying, they say, oh, if you survive Nigeria, if you survive growing up in Nigeria, you can survive anything. I'm sorry, but that's nonsense. I actually have a theory that the average Nigerian, and I'm saying this, I'm basing my my theory in Nigeria because that's where I grew up. Yeah. Um, I have a theory that the average Nigerian is actually suffering from some sort of mental illness. And the truth is, whether you're middle class, whether you're lower class, which takes up the higher percentage of Nigeria, uh, I believe that waking up in the morning, going about your business, by the end of the day, you're so emotionally drained. It's become a norm in the Nigerian society that people don't even pay attention to it. Don't even get me started. You finish work, you stay in traffic for about three, four, four hours. hours. Before you, go. you go home <laughs> and somebody's generator, uh, what's it called, exhaust, is literally right in front of your room. The All exhaust, that. the noise. It's insane. I wonder how we grow up, I mean, when we have babies, you know, in Nigeria, how they survive the noise, the generators and all Well, it, it is what it is. It's, it's just, uh, and these things have become so normal that we don't even pay attention to it anymore. We don't. And um, I know right now, as we're speaking, there are men out there that will watch this and know and understand what we're talking about. There are some of you out there that were sexually abused as kids by other men that are trusted family members. But when you're recounting that story, you turn that man into a woman. When you're recounting a story, how you've been, the few of you that have been courageous enough to actually share your sexual, um, your, your, your sexual abuse stories will then make the man in that story become a woman. Oh, I was sexually, I was sexually abused as a kid by a woman. Just because you don't want to be judged, you don't want to be perceived as weak. There are so many men out there that are in relationships that they are the victims of um, domestic abuse, but you would never hear it from them. They put on their clothes, they go out in public, they hang out with their friends, and they keep a straight face. I mean, Femi, we, because I keep saying we, because I grew, I, I mean, I spent most of my life in um, Nigeria before I moved here about less than a decade ago. We were born to raise our shoulders high, to be proud. There's nothing wrong with that. Don't get us wrong, dude, you know. What we're talking about is the fact that once in a while you need to let it out, you know. Let it out, find the confidence, talk to someone, you know. Poor, the way we were brought up is a bit con- is more contrary to that, you know. We don't class. It. I mean, your dad would not even ask you to come talk to him if you, you know. He would tell you, mind up, man. But I'll, I'll tell you what, though. I'll, I'll tell you what, though. Um, uh, 
I was born in this country, I grew up in Nigeria and then after a while I relocated back to this country and one thing I've noticed is even within the black community uh, there's this thing where parents think that they prioritise providing yeah. for the children over everything and that is why most parents are actually strangers to their kids. The first year, when I relocated to the UK, within the first year, I made a few friends and I had to go do sleepover at one of my friend's houses. And the way I saw the dad actually having conversations with the kids, it was more like seeing friends talk to each other, you know? And I looked at that guy and I thought to myself, this guy, from the way I've seen them deal with each other, you know that there is nothing under the sun that it would not, you know, sense that knowing fully well that there will be no judgment whatsoever. You know what I mean? So it, within the black communities, I think there is this notion where parents will tell you that I put clothes on your body, I put roof over your head, I've been a good parent to you. That's enough. You know, you know absolutely nothing about the emotional state of your kids. Those children grow up, become strangers to you. You know absolutely almost next to nothing about them because you feel, I have to work that hard. I have to work two jobs, I have to work three jobs, I have to make sure these kids go to school, I have to make sure they have clothes to wear, I have to make sure they have food to eat, and that is me being a good parent. Um, Femi, can I just ask you though, um, if you were to learn, um, I mean, if, our listeners can take something out of um, today's podcast. Um, what would be the five major things you would want them to um, start doing or trying? Well, you know? well, firstly, you need to understand that you are struggling mentally if you are. Because most people are in denial. They tell themselves, no, I'm just sad. Oh, I probably feel this way because I lost my my family member, I lost a loved one. Especially with the way the world is now, with the pandemic that has yeah. been going on, so many people have been stuck at oh, home. Worries. Yeah, they're having to experience new things and, you know, marriages are crashing, you know. Too much kids. Time. Yeah. Too much first time you know what I mean? <laughs> kids are sort of suffering mentally from being cooped up in the houses, you know. And uh, I feel that you have to tell yourself the truth. That is the first step. So the first thing is yeah. understanding. Yeah. Understanding your situation. Yeah. For someone like me who was sort of uprooted from from life in the UK, taken to Nigeria, having to experience my mom make a lot of money working with oil companies and then suddenly losing everything. And watching my mom sort of struggle mentally and you know being, you know, uh, uh, separated from her family and watching her really, really struggle to make things work and us having to sort of deal with with a lot of poverty, it made me, you know, even then I did not know what I was going through. It took me almost 40 years of my life to understand that I had actually been battling with a lot of depression right from my childhood based on a lot of things that have happened, things I've had to deal with. Believe me when I tell you I had to go, I, I went to 11 secondary schools, 11 secondary schools. I know. Yeah. I, you beat my record there. I went to 11 secondary schools because... <laughs> Between primary and secondary, I went to about seven, you know. Oh, I did not include my primary schools, you know. 
just secondary schools. I went to 11 of them. And, you know, uh, I, I, I was considered as having behavioral problems then, but nobody understood that I was just, you know, struggling mentally. And um, I'm sorry to add this, you were the only child, right? Yes, I was the only child of my mom. And when my mom passed away in 2014, it just opened <laughs> like yeah. a bottomless abyss of depression where she was my support system, she was my safe space, sort of. And you know, dealing with life from that from that point was was really hard for me. Seeing people that were that would consider themselves as my friends, and you know, people that that would consider themselves as, as people that care for me, tell me to man up, to get over it. You know, it, you know, it really put me in a darker place where I had to remove myself from the world. I had to, you know, stay away from people. I wouldn't leave my house, and people took that to mean that I was being proud or something. I'll tell you this: I'll probably catch heat for this, but Nigerians are, are the worst people to be around if you're, if you're, if you're suffering, for, suffering from depression, and that's just the way I see it. There, and there's nothing no, to be sorry about. Truth, yeah, it's, I think it's, it's just the knowledge of yeah, the lack, the yeah, the lack the of that knowledge yeah. of what depression is. No, depression we don't want to hear. To be honest myself sitting here when you told me about i, I made an addition that it was going to be the uh, mental health i was excited because i knew that i also had that mentality you know that nigerian mentality yeah. okay. so i was i was looking forward to opening myself up to learning some new things mm -hmm. you know, i hope our listeners can learn some of those things yeah you know? We, so, we, we are brought into this world with one priority and one priority only as Africans and it's to make our parents proud. Yeah. Your mom wants to use you as a point of reference of success with our friends. Yeah. And I'll tell you, oh, my daughter is a doctor, my son is married to this, my daughter is that. And once you're none of those things, you start getting this feeling that your parents are not proud of you. You know, you, you cannot open up to your, you just have to, like a robot, you just have to forge on in life, you know, without, you know, and um, if, you, if you really think about it, sometimes you look at your, your, your friends and you, you sort of judge yourself by their success. And I think us as men sort of need yeah, to stop, yeah, we sort of need to stop doing that because if you look at the UK today with the knife and the, the gang problem in the UK, I, I try not to judge those children because if you think about it, us coming from a Nigerian society where we also have a major gang problem, cultism. but yeah, we call it cultism. Because if you think about when I was in one of my one of the many secondary schools that I went to, the only thing I saw people doing was fighting other schools in competitions. So that happened a lot. You don't want to be alone, <laughs> so you join them. There is no one to go home to to say, well. You know, uh, this is what happened in school today. Nobody's asking you, what did you do in school today? That's why I make it, I make it a point to ask my son every day when I pick him from school, what did you do in school today? Who did you, who were you kind to today? What happened in school today? Nobody asks us those things. And before you know it, you're carrying a knife in your shoe, you're putting a knife in your Snoop Dogg bag, you know that big sack bag that has Snoop, yeah. the Snoop Dogg's yeah. emblem on it. Yeah. You put a knife in it, you're going to other schools to fight. And from there, you develop this gang culture. Before you know it, you, you, look, look, look at cultism in Nigeria today. It's extended from university levels to secondary schools. 
there are secondary school students engaging in cult gang affiliations and activities and you know i just feel that parents should sort of our generation we, we have mm -hmm. to sort of make a change we can we can only we can only effect this change from our generations our parents have done what they feel is their best we need to develop relationships with our children we need to develop this we need to put an end to putting this endless pressure on kids you know to 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 make us proud and and as men please if you're going through anything at all you need to find people in your circle that you can speak with you can go to your gp if you feel you're struggling mentally discuss things with your gp there are G gps can make referrals for you to mental health teams that's if you're living in the uk and if you're in africa then i don't know you just need to learn to open up to your parents to your friends trusted friends yeah, speaking of that i think you know with a mindset of like i said the way we grew up and all that there's an option which you can actually do before you get to speaking with you know professionals, which is uh, I think we should is important for us to highlight that. You know, there's so many resources online these days when the technological you know age you know yeah. and there's so much resources that you can find online. Mm -hmm. Why don't you try and uh, research you know some of your moods? You know some of the feelings that you have research your work okay, what's causing this what's this read about it and that might even actually boost your confidence in talking to people because family i wouldn't like to you if you told me five years ago i should i need to speak to someone i would just like nah, i yeah, ain't talking tell, to no one you tell yourself you're, you're a man <laughs> you're, i ain't man. talking to no one I like to talk to knowing more about mental health i've worked in the mental health industry myself for about two years you know, but now because I know some some few things about it online from you know like I said I work there, it kind of gives me a boost. If I need to talk to someone, mm -hmm. I am happy talking to that person because I know I'm not belittling um, myself to that person. You know, if you get what I mean. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can um, you can Google, if you live in the UK you can Google Good Samaritans. Yeah. There are charity organisations there for people who can't afford therapy. You can go to your GP, discuss your feelings. Your GP can refer you to mental health team who will then carry out consultations with you and then make decisions on if your depression can be sort of, you know, um, treated with medication. Uh, some of you out there, you'll be looking at this and you know that you feel low mood for no reason. You feel very irritable. You feel um, angry. Uh, you're having less energy to do things. You just wake up in the morning and getting out of bed is, is, is always a big issue. Uh, you are having less interest in things. You get invited to parties and stuff. You actually go there when you, you know, when you sort of dig deep and have the strength. You dress up, you go to parties, you sit there amongst a crowd of people and you actually feel lonely as hell. You know, uh, you're feeling more agitated. Uh, you just feel like you know, you have no one, even though you even have friends, you know, you need to reach out. We can't, we need to stop bottling things up. It's not good for our health. We need to find those friends, trusted friends that can give listening air. Always, you can go to your doctor, like I said, you can, you, if, you, if you have a bit of money on you, you can choose to go private. 
therapy helps it helps to talk with professionals that can you know give you advice you know prescribe you medication or give you referrals to mental health teams that can prescribe you medications um we all with the way the world is now you can't help it we have to deal with mental health daily it's either you're going through it or you know someone who's going through it and above all because we're just discussing the basics of this i would like to end with saying that let's just learn to be kind let's be kind to each other that person you're meeting that is acting strange will probably be experiencing the worst period of their life do not let judge people on the fly let's learn to be kind to each other and you know we can help each other by doing this um yes we will talk more on other episodes uh, on mental health and uh, there's another there's another thing that i feel that we should discuss as foreigners because the truth is i was born in the uk i will always be viewed as a foreigner in this country you know so i would say if you're going abroad from Africa, whichever country in Africa you might be, you know, thinking of, you know, relocating abroad to better your chances of uh, survival in life. I just feel that we need to develop this culture, this habit of learning uh, what we call Andy work. Yeah. You know, uh, the governments in African schools actually need to put more resources into technological schools you know and i think I mean, they try some of these initiatives then they use it as an avenue to embezzle money well we know that <laughs> we know that so, no it's true because when i when i when i graduated from um from studying for my first degree in nigeria in, in 2005 um uh, there was a period where i was home doing nothing for like a year or so and uh, at that time i had no one to advise me to spend that time wisely by learning to acquire some self-skills you know it could be you know cutting hair it could be learning to be a mechanic learning to be a carpenter learning to sew uh, to be a tailor you know and um, you know in nigeria the way it is schools universities always go on lengthy strikes there was a time we had six month strike when we were in school then and uh, we would spend those times just <laughs> Hanging around, playing games, <laughs> going to parties, you know, and, and all that. first thing I noticed um, relocating to the UK is how some of the, um, you know, jobs, this and the jobs that yeah. we turn up our noses man, yeah. at in Nigeria, uh, how those jobs are actually getting more, people who do those jobs get paid way more. Sorry to cut you short, yeah. uh, before you make that point, mm. you know, I think it's important for us to also highlight that. Those names that we commonize in Nigeria, mm -hmm. you know, is I think it's the way we grew up as well. Mm -hmm. You know, the way they say mechanic, vulcanizer, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. you say boga, yeah. <laughs> you know, the carpenter. Yeah. You know, in the UK, you know, which comes to the point that you were gonna make, mm -hmm. these things that make big money here, like big money and you got time to yourself every free time you know? oh yeah you 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 get you, you register as a self-employed yeah uh first thing i noticed was the first time i called the plumber to my house and this guy he sorted the problem within 20 25 minutes and he had me 70 quid and at that time i was working minimum minimum wage and you do back breaking work in a whole day 
and all you get is like maybe 40, 50 quid after taxes. And this guy, 20 minutes, 20 minutes job, he charged me 70 quid. And he told me that day he had booked two or three other jobs, and that would be all for the day. This guy would work for half a day and make like a whole month's wage or half a month's wage of doing back breaking work. And I discovered that, you know, many Nigerians, when you tell them before you go abroad, try to learn. If you're a woman, try to learn how to make hair, try to learn probably, you know, how to be a tailor. Or, you know, if you're a man, learn carpentry. Uh, yeah, le just learn how to cross hair. Because you find that most of these uh, professions, professions abroad, yeah, they, yeah. they are not nothing to joke about. No. In Nigeria, you tell a woman you're a mechanic, yeah, and already your stock is like it's gone low. It's gone, you know, yeah. I mean, but here everybody knows. Yeah. Make, take your car to the shop. Yeah, just two weeks, yeah. a, just two weeks ago, I spent over seven hundred pounds repairing the car. Over seven hundred yeah. quid. You know, and if you think about it, you go, you, you knot your tie. You go to even bank workers. Dude, should I tell you something? Uh, next to our studio here is a garage, right? I drive, I mean, what the car I drive, you know, that guy's cars can actually buy about well, you, six of them. My, my, the guy that owns like, the guy that, a car engineer. Yeah, I don't want to call him mechanic. Yeah, the, the guy that owns um, <laughs> where, where I took, the garage that I take my car, car to, he, he drives a Range Rover. You know, these guys are making good money. Yeah, and it's it's, it's a really tidy profession here mm -hmm. because you don't see them wearing rags like you they do in Nigeria. Yeah. You know? So basically, my point is, before you leave that third world country for greener pastures, do a bit of research, learn a set of skills. And people will always cut their hair. Cars will always break down. And, uh, people within your community will always have the need to sew, you know, trendy African clothes, clothing and stuff like that. Do not turn your nose up at these things. You don't want to come to this country and pick apples, work minimum wage, stacking yeah. shelf, when you can actually put your skills to use. When you tell people these things, they feel that you're belittling them. Nah. Or that it's even kind of hard this age now because everybody wants to be an influencer. I'm sorry. <laughs> everybody wants to be an influencer. Yeah. So who wants to go and learn a skill when they can just spend all their time on yeah. like this podcasting thing that we're doing, for me, it's a hobby that I always wanted to bring to life. It's, yeah. it's not about being an influencer or making money. I have my proper day job that I do. Yeah, this I, for me, it, it just it's just a hobby. And it took us a long time for us to yeah. even be able we're to meet up this, because yeah. we've got all the things that we we're do. Yeah, I've been doing this for a long time. But it's, I just thought, yeah. okay, let's just. And let's we should remind them that too. myself and you we did work on media productions oh, back yes. in yes. two thousand. Seven or yes, so. Yes, yes. Uh, well, my, my first degree <laughs> was a bachelor, a bachelor of uh, or, or a bachelor of arts in mass communication. Yeah, I quite myself. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's true. Actually, yeah. we both studied mass yeah. communication. Uh, but you, you, class. you guys were a year before me. I yeah, think, yeah, yeah. Was the uh, year before you, and uh, I majored in uh, public relations and advertising. And so I majored in advertising. Yeah. Right up our alley. So you know, and I just feel that before you leave your country, I know there's a lot of pressure. You know, Nigeria is ranked the second uh, poorest country, I think. Uh, I think as a last year, by, um, you know. And uh, I just feel that there's a lot of poverty in Nigeria as a country. And like I said, I will always use Nigeria as my point of reference because I grew up there. Um, I just feel that 
do not be in too much of a hurry to leave the country that you don't do enough research there are a lot of women now right now as i'm speaking to you being used as slaves in countries like lebanon in countries like um, libya yeah libya you know and even um, as far as dubai yeah and these women uh, leave nigeria with the notion that they are going abroad to work uh-huh. you know to work probably in an office or something or just you know and they end up in those countries their passports get seized and they get used as slaves and a lot of them get sexually assaulted too in the process i know there are charities in nigeria that work towards helping some of these women uh, get uh, 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 get their freedom and return to nigeria uh, my wife actually is a president of one of those charities but we'll talk about that uh, on another episode sure, yeah. but my point is there are lots if you go on all these blog sites you see all these adverts saying uh, live and work in canada uh, work uh, live and work in the uk you need to do a lot of research before selling your property borrowing begging stealing money to give to these people because let's be honest we all the, 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 the notion the motto in nigeria is everybody they also yeah everybody is out or out or out also the next man yep. so you know there are so many people that you know give 300 400 k to these companies they'll actually get you a visa of course of course they'll, they'll get you into the uk they'll get you to canada but then when you get to these countries you find that you've been stuck with a student visa or with a holiday visa you cannot work you cannot actually actively work or then you get to that country only to discover that you can only work a certain amount of hours you know that cannot you can't use that money to do anything you know and then you get to these countries and you, you end up getting very frustrated and that is why some people turn to other means of making money that now becomes illegal all i'm saying is if you want to leave your country do a lot of research call people that actually are based in those countries people that you trust to get valid um, and accurate information on why you're going there, what you're going there to do. Don't go abroad and now you know end up being a slave, or or end up uh, having yourself exploited, or end up being stuck with some holiday visas that all you can do is go around taking pictures, or you know then you become a fugitive, start running around from from uh, what do they call them immigration. immigration you know, yeah. There's no need for that. Just get out enough um, or research. And uh, based on what we discussed earlier regarding mental health, if you have questions. If you want to share your experiences, you can yep. drop a voice note. Right? Yes, we can take voice messages yep. and you know we we can actually play it on the show on the next episode. Yeah, on the next yeah. episode. So feel free to drop comments on what you think. Yeah. And before because we know we know how our people are, they will come and point out everything negative about what we've done today. <laughs> Remember. This is the first time we're this doing is the this. Edition. Yeah, we were learning on the go. We will get better. So keep your documents to yourself. Keep your mental health. <laughs> no, they can actually health. share with us, but no, share but like constructive <laughs> criticism. I would accept. Uh, yeah. So yeah, mental health over everything. And don't forget, this is the more you look podcast. You know it is. Don't forget to subscribe, like yeah. our videos on YouTube yeah. and um, subscribe on um, Spotify, Apple Music, on Google Podcasts as yeah. well, okay? What are they searching for? Yeah, the more you look podcast. Yeah. That's it. Same. The more you, you look, look podcast. Yeah. Remember, the way the world is today, the more you look the less you see. see. Yeah, keep your mental health up till we meet again. Watch out for the next episode. Yeah, we